Some episodes might not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I have two characters. I have the rest of the frickin' game. Well, that's your fault. That was your choice. I can, I can play this game too, my friend. <laughs> I can play this game too. <laughs> Hey, have you checked out Armor Class? They're a small company that does their own custom character sheets, and they make them in a variety of different styles for every class and any type of character you want to create. They do it in black and white or in color, and the cost is always efficient anywhere from three to five, possibly even seven dollars. Check them out, and if you're interested in them, click on the link down below in the description to see their product. Also use the promo code the LARP channel to get 20% off your order. So until then, enjoy. Okay, so we are recording. First things first, you guys had put the angel on the front of the ship, right? Yes. Okay. So soaring angel figurehead uh, it has two abilities. Aura of Sight. While on the ship, all friendly characters have advantage on dexterity and wisdom, ability checks, and saving throws. Nice. Warding Angel. Once per day, the angel figurehead can project a powerful agis of calm and protection. A group of creatures within 100 feet must make a DC 15 charisma saving throw or be affected by the calm emotions spell for up to one minute. In addition, all friendly characters on the ship gain a plus one bonus to AC for one hour. Nice. Um, do you want to like take a picture of that? Yes. You wanna, okay. Or just send it in chat, either or. I don't care. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll download it and I'll send you. A, I'll just take a picture and send it to the group chat then real quick. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get that out of the way. At some point, I need to put the actual sticker on the ship's map. I like this secondary ship map that came with Book 13. I don't like the fact that the ship is a smaller size than what you guys' actual ship is. Mm -hmm. Because the actual ship is two separate ones, but it goes the full length the long ways instead of the short way. So it's like, well, kind of defeats the purpose of the, uh, the other one we were using. Um... Near the end, I'm going to need you guys' help reminding me what all happened. I remember the comet came by and you fought the comet elementals. Uh, I remember the clown, obviously. Um, you guys got hit by a, a whale, uh, an astral whale or something like that. And it caused damage to the ship, so you guys mm -hmm. had to fix that. We lost a day and then had to fix that, yeah. We yeah. took care of that already. Uh, Mercer was making his scrolls in the Arcanum. Yep, he has one le He has one left to finish up. Yeah. Oh, and you guys had pirates attack. That was the last thing that happened. Was yes. The pirates with the orcs and the uh, goblins attacked. And they were going to try to make you guys into fish food. And in a matter of seconds, you're like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. Okay, you're down to two. 
boom, this guy's dead, and you let the last guy go. Mm, yeah. That I remember. Alright, so after that happens, right, um, that same arcane circle appears, and it's a spectral form of Cedrail once again. And he goes, well, it's been a few days. Um, has, has she been of any help to you guys? I see points at uh, Katrina, Catalina. Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah, she's been help. Helpful. Okay. Um, Esther said something incredibly insulting to her, and she's like, not speaking to us. Sends it back. Says, well, um, we did find some work for somebody with your particular skill set, so Caitlin, if you'd like, you can step back into the she first one. Comes, basically throws she herself through the portal. She bolts herself into it. Like, Lack of a different set of words. Screw this crap. I'm out. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't know, man. Mercer's just like, peace. As soon as her foot touches that circle. I didn't know it was a slur. I'm sorry, man. The said goes, well, okay. And you, <laughs> and you always worry about me sticking my foot in my mouth. I didn't know that word was a slur, man. I heard it growing up all the time. Just saying. I didn't know. I apologized. <laughs> Maybe I'll make her a, an apology card. Make her an apology cake. Yeah, I'll bake her a cake. You're gonna need to go a lot further than a cake. A skid cake. No. <laughs> that sounds crap. That, sounds that reminds terrible. me, I need to go do my my, my daily that burning of the like skid. <laughs> yeah. Fireball. It's just like, oh yeah, bye. No, don't burn my skin. Too late. Uh, <laughs> no, she's got she's got farms offshore. She making I don't know. <laughs> I'm making things up in D and D. All right, so you guys have traveled for was it five days now? Uh, the the I've already forgotten her name again. Ka Caitlin. Caitlin. Why do I keep wanting to say Katrina? I don't know. Ugh. They both funny. make a C sound. I, I anyway. Love that you. is not a C sound, but okay. <laughs> um, you guys get to the aftermath of it, and looking at the star charts and everything, you you believe you're at what's known as the constellation, the Rogue's Blade. And in the middle of the otherwise empty astral void is a large chunk of astral stone. A large pool of translucent ethereal force swirls near the heart of the stone. Strange light glimmering on the surface as you draw closer, you can see a humanoid figure that appears to be wrestling with herself on the brink of a pool, of the pool, even as devils crawl from the depths. Oh my. I need to get a different book out. Bum, bum, bum. So, what do you do? Well, let's go help them. Where did you go?
the sake of argument, we'll say that that's the woman you see. <clears throat> so what are you guys doing? We're going to go help them. We're going to take the boat over and get off the boat and fight. Just like that, just... Mercer doesn't say a word or anything. Cool with this. He just Mercer's works. down in the Arcanum. Let's go! Oh. He still has two hours left on a scroll, so oh. he is not here. Okay. Okay. I thought you said he was up on the main deck again. No, no. He's he, still... As soon as he finishes the fight, he sits there and grumbles back down <laughs> and goes back to the Arcanum. Okay. Because he has work to do. All right. So as you guys get closer to the uh, the the rock or whatever, and for the sake of argument, I knew this tile would come in handy. We're going to say that this right here represents the rock that she is currently on. This tile is going to represent the pool that the devils are coming out of. Oh boy. What type of devils are they? Um, what do they appear to look like? You don't actually see the devils, but you can tell that some sort of demonic nature is involved as it looks like she's fighting with herself. Oh boy. Does she look familiar? She looks very familiar. The curse eater! Let's go! Let's go help her! No, I'm gonna kick her in the pool. Oh boy. Mercer's not here though. Oh right. So and Esther's lucky. completely forgotten, so we're gonna Celine get over there. remembers her at least, so uh Celine, come on, let's go. Celine hollers out, hey, curse eater, you gonna summon some horrible, giant, big demonic thing at us again? Or should we actually, you know, put some effort in to come save you? Oh, that's who that is? Yeah, yeah, so forget you, you man. A, you see a mild link of energy connecting from her to the pool, and she looks up, and there's a brief hint of a radiant energy that comes off of her comes up to you guys in her form and says, I can't hold it for very long. Help me find the amulet. And it dissipates. Okay. Fine, fine. You owe us. You owe us big. <laughs> so, hop out onto the, the little island and um, start looking around for an amulet. Yeah. All right, so I need... So you, it's just the three of you that hop onto here? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go! So, boom. Boom. That's going to be an 11. All right. Ooh, the back did not do well. Neither did Esther. What was I rolling again? You're doing an investigation. Oh, shit. Yeah, neither of these ladies know anything. 
right? Unless an eight knows that she's alive. And as you guys are searching around, the force of energy from the pool swirls and a creature jumps out with barbs sticking oh. off of whoa, it. Whoa. And you guys jump into initiative. Oh, but man. I don't want to jump into initiative. I don't want to. I run away. Celine running away from a fight? Never. Come at me, bro. Mercer can't run away from a fight. He's not there. He exactly. doesn't know it's happening. Oh, no freaking way. Right, so. Guess we got a natural 20. I gotta get waste. I know, right? Gotta get this drawn. I guess you probably still got beat with your natural 20. Right? <sighs> so I can find this really cute pen on Timu, but I don't want to, like, patronize them. So I'm trying to find it on Amazon, who also I don't really want to patronize, but, like, what else am I going to do, right? All right, so I'm going to write out, well, not write out, but draw up my little thing to keep track of initiative. Um, obviously, Mercer's not there, so I won't include him in it, but he'll still be on the list for future ones. That one. That's cute. Yeah. Little Google dinosaur. Yeah, the Google dinosaur. Oh, maybe that's what I should look for. That's exactly what he is. Google dino? Yeah. It's a little offline game that you can play when... Uh, yeah. That's, I saw it on, I didn't know that's he was called Google Dino. Well, I don't I don't know if that's his actual name, but that's what I called him. I thought he was he a T-Rex. I've been looking for T-Rex. Now right. we gotta find so, him right freaking now. Initiatives. What did Zabak get? Zabak, my guy, got a 16. Okay. Celine? Uh, 23. Esther? Um, got a natural 20, which calculates out to exactly 23. Okay, so you'll go first. Yeah, yeah, I will. I have no dex modifier. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then this guy... Yay for the alert. Okay. I make up for um, it. <laughs> so, just to clarify here. You're in the process of fighting off creatures while simultaneously trying to find the amulet. So you got to decide which you're going to do because this is only going to get worse as time moves on. Uh, simple. Esther, go find the amulet. You got it! Woo! Gunter! And she summons Gunter. Hey, hang on, hang on. We haven't even gotten to that point yet. I am so ready. Don't you have to tech magic? <laughs> no. I am not that kind of sorceress. <laughs> Um, okay, what's Esther's AC? 16, uh, 15, 15. And hit points? Uh, 47. Say those again. 15 and 47. She has 47 hit points? She's a sorceress, man. I just, that seemed like a lot. Oh, level. Alright. Well, what's Esther do? Esther jumps up into the air, flies diagonal 20 feet. Have fun calculating that, baby. <laughs> Do you know calculus? No. Trigonometry. No. Geology. <laughs> De-escalating from levels of math. Which direction? Um, which way did she, the lady point towards the amulet being? She, she doesn't know where it's at. She's trying to find it. Oh. That's why I said go find but it. But it's somewhere here on the island for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's... 
down somewhere on the ground. Okay, so I'm going to fly high enough that they can't hit me with their melee weapons, but low enough I can still see the ground, so like 15 feet. You Sounds said you good. were flying at an angle. Yeah. I'm asking you what direction. If you're that going. way, towards you. Straight as towards me? Yeah, as I'm like like kind of diagonally, so I'm, I end up being like okay, 15 so you're feet high. technically 15 feet in the air. Yeah. And I summon Gunter to bring the herd. So while I am scanning the ground, he is going to be my righteous right hand. Okay. And now it's Gunter's turn turn to mess stuff up. <laughs> that is not how Gunter sounds in my brain. Okay. So is Mr. Blue Die? Yes. Need to die? Okay, cool. Let's mess him up. Oh shoot, I don't want to mess him up. His first attack, that's going to be 22 to hit. So 22 to hit, that mm -hmm. hits. Yeah, I know. Whoa. Oh, should I re-roll that or just take it? Just take it. Through. Okay. So it's going to be six points of damage for the first one. Okay. Ooh, nice. 24 to hit. Yes, that hits. And, ooh, much better this time. Eight points of damage. And I'm going to use my breath attack. Because I'm using multi-attack. So he needs to give me a deck save. Beat a 15. Beat a what? 15. Well, I rolled a 17. Well, Dang. We'll save. Well, package. Yeah. lets out a screech of rage. <laughs> but, you know, more, you know. And less autistic rage. What was that? The magnet. <laughs> you and your magnets. Love magnets. Magnet. Magnets, how do they work? Are you rolling damage for something? No, he... Oh, that's right. I He takes half damage. So... Edge, literally at an angle. So that's five points of damage already have. What type of damage? That is going to be ice. Frost. Ice? Yeah. Okay. The ice did not look like it was as effective as it should have been. <coughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay. Alright. 
So that is Esther's turn. It is now Celine's turn. AC Celine's going to move up to the left of it. Need AC and max hit points. Uh, AC base 23. Uh, hit points 95. That's the max hit points. All right, what's she doing? She's going to move up to the left of it. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 to right here. Yep. All right. And then um, she's going to Booming Blade. That's going to be a 23 to hit. That'll hit. Twenty-four points. And then I need to check something real quick. So one of the uh, one of the videos I was watching from another DM said that he takes the average amount of damage that the players do mm -hmm. and rolls it down to its bare minimum, and then and then divides that by the max hit points that an NPC would have during combat to figure out how many hits roughly it would take rounds it in favor of the players and then the players still roll damage and everything for mm -hmm. the full effect and flavor but all he does is keep track of hits yep and then once they reach that number of hits they kill the creature so if it would take an average of 12 hits then regardless of what damage they do after 12 hits the creature's dead yeah i was like huh that's an interesting way of looking yeah. at it so she comes down she hits it with her uh axe and then she's going to wham! Punch him? Yep, because I forgot that she gets unarmed strikes with her armor. <laughs> and so that's going to be a 22 to hit. That'll hit. And so it takes... Just to clarify, you said unarmed strike? Yes, okay. but it's because she's used... So the demon armor has blades that come off the... Right, yeah, yeah. yeah I so she that. can actually punch and, and cut him with a uh, magical slash with the armor. Okay. So it's um, 12 points of damage. Okay. She's also going to take 10 points of piercing from punching it. Ooh. Okay. And uh, her amulet glows and heals herself, and she's totally fine. Nice. Because it's total damage. I thought I told you half damage. Yes, total damage halved. I did over 30 points. Or I did almost 30 points. Half of that. Oh, so she's back up to full. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. 
I thought you were saying the amount of damage she dealt was how much she was healing. I was like, no, I didn't tell you that. No, no. I know I didn't tell you that. No, it's half. But, <laughs> um... Because she did... I want my next Yeah. 23 on the first, and then another 12, so... 35 heals her for what she did. Okay, that was Celine. It is now Zabak's turn. AC and max hit points. Alright, AC. Isn't that like 19 or something? 20, my guy. 20. HP is 100. Alright. Alright, she's gonna toddle on up to that bad boy and flank with Celine. And then she's gonna wreck this mofo. Maybe not. Roll again. Six. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you. Did not help. Sixteen to hit. That's a hit. Oh, bad. Now it's obvious that you just barely beat its AC, but you still hit. Get wrecked. Okay, fine. You got the draft coming through. I just realized that window's open. Mm Mm-hmm. How much damage do you do? 15 points, six of which were shock. Okay. So, didn't roll very well. Yes. Didn't roll well at all. Sad. All right. Check out my cool metal So, smack it again. I'm gonna. It's metal. Ooh, 18 to hit. Roll again. Oh, yeah. Nope. First one was better. <laughs> so, that's it. Oh, much better this time. 24 points of damage. Six of which were shot. He not looking too good. Arr. Get wrecked. Alright, so that was the back. Uh, it's now its turn. Uh, let's see here. So, between... Between Zabak and uh, Celine, mm-hmm. he tries to swing with a claw at Zabak for a twenty-one to hit. Ooh, yep, that's it. For a whopping five points of damage. Womp womp. Swings its tail at uh, Celine. So actually four, buddy. No, 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 two, my bad. So 25 to hit her? Shield. What's that for her AC at? 28. She slaps it away. Nah. No, it makes contact with the shield instead of... Yeah, correct. She just, bam, knocks it away. Backhand. Try better than that. Yeah. 
and then turns and looks at uh, Esther, and Flame appears in the claw that she that he didn't swing with, and chucks Flame at her. Oh crap! For a twenty-four. Yeah, he's gonna shoot me out of the sky. Eleven points fire damage. Ow! Screams because he's in agonizing pain, and just before it's Esther's turn, it's Esther's turn. Uh, man, that is not cool. Not cool at all. She forgets that she's supposed to be looking for something. And she is going to yeet at him. Let's see, what do I want to do to this man? She's going to yeet a lightning bolt at him. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That's a bad idea. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. We're just gonna, we're just gonna throw a magic missile at him. Cause she needs to be precise. <laughs> I don't want to just, I don't want to sit accidentally murderate my friends or my other self. Rips off a star. Two, four, six, seven. Blast this bro in the face for. Twenty-five points of damage. Twenty-five. Mm-hmm. And she like does this underhand like a softball throw. The missile, the missiles hit, blast it, and they all seem to hit in the same spot on his chest and blow a hole through him, and he falls down. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Bullseye. <laughs> uh, we're gonna maintain for the moment uh, initiative for turns mm -hmm. so Esther essentially took her turn destroying the creature which takes it to Selene. Gunter what are you gonna have Gunter do um anybody else to kill there or not no, it's just him for the moment oh bet okay he's just gonna circle and keep watch okay what's Celine do gonna look around for the amulet since no one's here all right perception check would be investigation. Investigation, yes, yes. Uh, that's going to be a 13. Still nothing. Yeah. Um, is, is she doing anything else, or was that a, just trying to... Yeah, uh, right now, there's nothing else to do. I okay. mean, there, there's nothing to hit, so... All right, so then we come to Zabek. Ah, she holds her action until something... To kill comes within her sight. Alright. There's no other creatures, so back up to the top of the line. Wait just a sec here. 
Nothing happens. So if you guys want to search this round, you can all give me investigation checks. All right. Unless nope. you wish to hold your action again. Nope, I'm searching. Investigation. Ooh, okay. Esther. Does a 14 see anything? Mm, not quite. Hmm. How about a 16? Who rolled the 16? It's a back. 16 shows that it, as she's looking around and everything, astral winds are kind of picking up once in a while. There's the swirl of the pit and everything going on. And all of a sudden, a little bit of dust moves off of the ground. And it's actually, she sees something shiny right underneath where Ipsena is standing. Oh. And it reveals the uh, energy of the amulet linked to her, and that's causing the link into the pit. Oh no. It's in the pit! I mean, it's in the pit! Stupid, stupid action. <laughs> no, the amulet is underneath her. Oh. The way you described it, that's what I thought at first, and then the way you described it, it sounded like it leads it's into the It's on the, the ground. Pit. The energy from the amulet is linked to Obsena. And then the energy you guys saw Asina linked to is the same energy that's linked, got that energy linked to the pit. Oh. So then it's not in the pit. She's no. just connected to something else. So he's going to walk over and pick it up. Right. I need either a strength or dexterity ability check. We're going to go strength. Okay. That That's, that's going to be uh, like athletics. Right? No, an ability check, not a skill. So a saving throw. No. It's a straight ability roll plus your d20. Okay, 18 then. 18. All right. So she's able to pick it up without it, without, like, becoming affected by it. Mm -hmm. And immediately she gets the sense that the amulet is scared of the pit. Into the pit it goes. If you're going to try to put it into the pit, you need to actually roll an attack roll to throw it. Ooh, mess them up. 20. 20. She chucks the uh, amulet and is trying to throw it. She feels like she is almost throwing her max weight that she can lift up mm -hmm. because of the energy's residual, or residual, emanating off of this thing. It's mm -hmm. just that painful. And she's just like... <laughs> And it's just, it's almost like slow motion as this thing's just vroom, 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 hits the pit, lands in it. There's a burst of energy. And I need everybody to give me dexterity saving throws. Man, don't do this to me. I am not dexterous that's, that's, for any. Oh. oh, no. That's Seeks. For who? Celine. Celine? The only character I'm rolling for. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> So, the back got a one, but then I did not confirm a critical failure. Why would you confirm a critical failure on a saving throw? Oh, because she got a one. That's for an attack roll. Oh, okay. What did uh, Esther get? Esther, on the other hand, did a little better. With an eleven. Eleven? Mm -hmm. All right. She still probably failed, but that's okay. Uh, no, eleven made it. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Bump my for your chart. Bump my AC up to 24 for Celine. Because that dragon shield she got. Oh. Gave a plus two. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, <clears throat> so a, a final wave of energy blasts from the pit as it closes up. That wave of energy causes Celine and Zabak to get knocked back 15 feet and oh. take 7 points of force damage. Got it. And you're both knocked prone for a moment. Oh. Epsena then takes a few deep breaths and goes... Finally. Thump. And just falls down for a minute. Hmm. You good, buddy? I, uh... I'm a little exhausted. That took you a little bit out of me. Alright. You want to rest here a bit? Because, like, we can probably do that. Uh, well, a few seconds go by and that pit now looks like a pool that's reflecting every color. Whoa. Like a prismatic sort of series of colors. That's so he's going to do man. a uh, arcana check on it. Uh, not very good. That's going to be a 12. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah. What's this pit for? <sighs> well, it was to send the evil that was still possessing me from uh, wait a second here. last time I saw you guys I tried to pull the curse out of your where'd he go? where is he? he's nice. right here he's man. around here somewhere okay well you remember I tried to pull the curse out of him in between the curse that was on him and the evil that was possessing me kind of created some weird new form. Yep. Well, that was only part of the evil for me that went into him. There was still some of it left in me, and that residual evil began to regrow and regenerate as long as it was in me. This pool was designed as a gateway that led straight into one of the abyssal planes. And I was trying to force it back into the abyss using that amulet. He took controls as I got closer, and I didn't—I didn't realize that getting that close to the plane made him more powerful, which was why I was struggling. So my guess is, looking at this pit now, it can act as a gateway to other planes problem is it's sporadic. There's no telling what plane it'll send you to if you try to use it. 
Normally, yeah. if it glows one specific color, it's a little bit easier to figure out which plane it goes to. But a prismatic one like this is very, very dangerous. Makes sense. <sighs> well, we got nothing else. We got other things we got to do, so... Back to the ship. Let's go! Uh, okay. Do you know where you guys are headed? The well, player duh. doesn't. The character absolutely does. Uh -huh. Esther actually knows the answer for once and she tells her. Is this another one of those player doesn't have a clue, character should know? Yep, yep. yep. Okay, so looking back at your... Uh, astral star map and everything it looks like you're you're set to go on a course to the plane of war plane of war to resurrect a dying star or bring back to life a dead star wait say that again say what say what you just said again you're on a mission to either revitalize a revitalize dying, okay revitalize a dying star or resurrect a dead star and she uh, she kind of looks at you and goes well you're actually not that far you're only like one or two hours away from the border, and she points off in a in some direction in the astral plane. Just head that way. Should hit it in an hour or so. Well, that works out. Okay. Well, I need to get back to the material plane now that I'm done doing what I was doing. So, see ya. <laughs> and she just blips uh, I... out. Okay. That's fine. Selene was already walking back to the ship anyways. Alright. Do, do you dismiss Gunter or does he stay in? Uh, I imagine there's nothing else for him to do. Go on, Gunter. Now, had the dice been in my favor, you were going to have other devils jumping out at the beginning of each round, mm -hmm. making <laughs> the challenge more and more difficult. Luckily, though, I rolled in your favor and nothing else happened. back here. This goes back to here. Um, let me see. Yeah. Alright. So as you guys continue, um, the star map slightly alters and um, you guys are searching for the Dread Sprawl. What? Okay. Oh boy. So as you guys get into the plane of war, the entire image completely changes to a point where you can tell you are definitely someplace different and you oh, are man. extremely confused. 
Oh, no. First and foremost, the infinite expanse of the plane of war is that of gray and red mists, and there is no actual solid ground like oh, no. what you would find on the material plane. Instead, all the land takes the forms of enormous blocks of iron and stone that slowly tumble through the endless sky. Shaped like huge cubes or polyhedrons, each face has its own directional gravitational pull, allowing creatures to wage war across all sides. Oh boy. Uh, the dozens of the planes are commonly known as war-loving races of all kinds. Uh, the massive floating shapes routinely collide with each other, allowing the war bands to raid and pillage one another. Others benefit from the strange gravity of the plane to man-cobbled together flying ships and engage in violent sorties. It's a consistent and endless claiming and losing war that will never cease to end. So if ever there was a moment where the idea of bloodlust and death were to exist, this is it. Um, so to answer your question, your star chart kind of alters, not to say, well, you reach this point, now go this way instead. It's more or less focuses in on the plane of war and acts more like this is your next step to take. You need to find this location. Yeah. Um, so, once again, I need everybody to make... How long has it been? About an hour. Um, Mercer's still scribing away. Yep. So he's like, we probably should wait. Yeah, that's probably smart, man. Just to give you a heads up, moving forward and waiting could result in the same... That's fine. Conclusion. But which could be good, could be bad. You know, could be versus having everyone here at the ship versus three mm -hmm. off on their own, yeah. going through here, and Mercer trying to find them. So yeah, they stay just, put. We'll just wait. It's fine. All right. Um, either way, I still need survival checks. Okay. Fine. I'm going to ask why, because we're not moving. Because everything else in the plane is moving. Got it. Oh yeah. Um, that's gonna. That's be why I said it doesn't matter whether you stay, wait, or wait. move on. You're still at risk. I don't like this metal D20. It'd be screwing me over. It's another one for his back, which totals out to like four or whatever. Twenty-one for Celine. Okay, so one success, one fail. Fourteen for Esther. You guys got lucky. Two oh. out of three. Oh. So, for the moment, nothing is going on. That is one successful check. So, hour number two, does Mercer come back up now? Yeah, after he finishes his scroll, he comes to see what's going on. Now, to clarify, this is a whole new visage for Mercer. Yeah. Holy! What the? Oh, hey, buddy. Check it out. It's been a year and six months since we've heard that voice. <laughs> He's just kind of like looking around like, uh... Yeah. Got it. Right. Okay. <laughs> another round of uh, survival checks. Man. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big negative. 
There's two fails already. Oh, yeah, 12 and 4 plus whatever. Yeah, 3 out of 4 is a fail. Yeah. Okay. So, let's see here. I need to roll a d20 and determine an even or odd result. That is an odd result. Ooh, so as you guys are trying to uh, handle the ship and navigate and maneuver, um, so far you've been doing pretty good, but this new uh, plane that you're in, mm -hmm. you're struggling to account for everything else moving as closely as it is. Oh, no. And a huge polyhedron of iron passes so close to your ship that you are pulled into its localized gravity. Oh, man. And you end up crash landing on its surface. Crap. And come into... Oh, you guys are not going to like this. Oh, boy. Uh, as you crash land, nobody gets hurt. But it's just a really rough... Yeah. And as you guys pop your heads back up and start looking around, you immediately notice a small little horde of ten orcs led by an orc chieftain oh, man. battling against fifteen goblins led by a goblin boss. Man, not our, let's get the ship off of here and go. Agreed. Not our monkeys, not our circus. Um... So, it, uh, I'm going to stick with the, um, the, uh, initiative count that we currently have going, so you guys can tell, no, and I'm not telling you roll initiative, we're sticking with Mercer's it. not on the chart. He'll come up at the end. Oh, okay. Just like as if I added somebody new to an initiative. I would have been on the bottom anyways. <laughs> Um, so it's up to you guys to decide. Do you engage in the fight? No, we fly away. Or no. do you try to get away? No, there's we, too we, many. We, no. they, we don't want to deal with the, the horde of angry buffoons. Live to die another day. Alright, so you have... Uh, it, Esther will be first. Um, there's three simultaneous things going on here. You have a ship that needs minor repairs. You have two races battling each other that may or may not try to continue to fight each other or try to engage in combat with you. And as well as some sort of unusual looking uh, storm that seems to be a mass of shrapnel and metal shards soaring in from the opposing side of wherever you guys are at. So... What does Esther choose to do? Let's go. Let's leave. Right? Are you not taking an action or anything? Mm, she's going to hold her action in case somebody comes at her. So she's keeping an eye on the, uh, the fighting races? Mm -hmm. Alright, so Celine goes and starts repairing the ship with mend. Alright. Um, it's going to take at least three rounds of mends. That's fine. Mercer's doing the same thing. Alright, so that'll knock it down to minimum two rounds. Uh, Zabak. Um, she's helping get the ship going. Let's go. Run, run, run. Don't want to deal. Alright, uh, give me a survival check. Because okay. you're not using magic. Right. 
Oh, there we go. yeah, that's going to be a dirty 22. Okay. <laughs> 22. So she's getting ropes repaired, rigging put back together, yeah. basic little stuff that the rest of the crew would be doing as well. Whereas Esther's just got this magical, magic missile on deck, ready to mess somebody yeah. up. So essentially the crash landing caused certain aspects of the ship to disconnect, which means the helm that was reconfigured using the astral compass is disconnected from the ship causing it to just be a ship again, not an astral ship like it was yep. created into. And between the three of you, well, it's Mercer's turn. You said he's doing repairs as well, yep. men's and everything. Yep. So between the three of you, you guys get stuff put back together. The crew's racing around trying to put stuff back together. Even surprisingly, uh, Tom seems to be very effective at just going, mend, mend, mend. All right, put this together. Mend, mend. I don't want to be here! Neither do we, man! Small golf clap from Mercer as he sees him actually pulling his weight for once. <laughs> oh, with that, Mercer can give me a perception check. Uh, perception. That's going to be a 14. 14? Yes, 14. Um, seeing Tom be this helpful and this quick to react seems like a sliver off his normal personality. Tech magic. Uh-oh. You sense tons of magic coming off him. He's a spellcaster. He doesn't have any magical gear. We've already had this discussion. We've also not discerned exactly what kind of spellcaster he is. He was loosely based off of Esther's character. Which would be a sorcerer, which means he has nothing on him. <laughs> Um. <laughs> so if he's radiating magic at this point, Mercer walks up and puts his uh, arcane gun right to his head. Actually, I guess it's junk because that's his range. And goes, <laughs> "Well, no, hang on, hang on. Uh -huh. I mean, I need to think here for just a second because Tom uh, is worthless." Yeah. Tom is the the guy who sits in the corner with a dunce cap for our ship. That's how you see him. I've had to since then give the guy some personality. So give me just a second. No, he's always a dunce in my book now. Again, your perception of him. So if all of a sudden he's just radiating magic? You pick up the slightest hint of magic as you can tell that he has something on him that's very minute, so best guess is it was something pulled out of the Arcanum. Okay, then I don't walk over and put my Arcane Pistol right at him. Um, that doesn't change what I've said, though. His his behavior is just a sliver Yeah, I him. walk up to him, though. Tom? Hey, buddy, you're sussing. He brushes past you. We don't have time for this! I grab him by the back of his belt. Okay, so... Athletics for you, athletics or acrobatics for him. It's going to be a dirty 20. <sighs> Mine was a natural 20. So I tie goes to the player. On a skill check, crits don't matter. Yeah, but... Nope. He's a sorcerer, he has no strength modifier. Nobody has a dex modifier. And he has the choice of athletics or acrobatics because you're grabbing him. Okay, well, if we're doing that, then that's a 23 for me. That's a 24 for him. He brushes past you and keeps going. He gets shot. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, man. Stop, you two. That's going to be a 23. 
to hit him? Yeah. Yeah, you hit him. If I tell a crewmate to stop, he stops. That's 24 points of damage. Oh, boy. So you clack him right in the back, and he's just like... <coughs> when I say stop, I mean stop. I don't want to deal with the battle-hungry monstrosities on the surface. What do you want? For the lack of effort you'd normally pull through here, you sure are being Mr. Johnny on the spot. You're acting out of character. What's going on? He points off the ship at the battle. That! You don't like orcs and you don't like goblins? I don't like people who could kill me with one swing of a sword. <laughs> and you start to notice uh, radiant energy coming off as he's casting a heal spell on himself. And I sit there, I look at him, I go, next time I tell you to stop, son, you better stop. Or I'll make sure it's more worse than this next time. <laughs> and I turn and... Hal, get this ship out of here! We're almost ready! That was three eights. Oh, and he was knocked five feet, by the way. That was the yeah, I, I assumed as much. That's why I was kind of leaning forward when I was role-playing it. I figured he fell to the ground holding himself like Yeah, Jason five feet off of his... Yeah. Ouch. Okay. Oh, um, so, a matter of seconds, you guys get the ship back up and going. Now you have gotten yourselves back off the surface mm -hmm. of this particular polyhedral gravitational... Yep. Whatever you want to call it. Um, and now you have the... Uh, uh, we're going to call it a blade storm to outrun because that's <clears throat> still there. So we're gonna go back around to survival. Oh, wait a minute here. Uh, Are there any other checks we can do besides survival? Uh, no, survival checks. However, Mercer somehow feels empowered to be able to make that check with advantage. Because <laughs> he did something very aggressive in the plane of war. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. That that right there just warms my heart. Oh, <laughs> what'd you, you roll? Get? I rolled a natural 20. <laughs> what was the other roll you got? An 18. So almost perfect roll. What did uh, Celine's back and Esther get? That still only gives him a 21 for survival. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow, they failed. I'm sorry. Ugh. Celine is going to get well, uh, 16. That. What'd you get? They both got eights. Eights. I can't salvage that. Sorry, buddy. Because yeah, I'm assuming we need at least a 15. I can't salvage that. So two successes and two fails? Yep. Okay. So mm. let me backtrack here real quick. So the blades start to swing in, and part of the rudder gets damaged as well. 
Wait, what is our what is what, remind? Uh, hold on, let me hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, what, what, what? I want to look at that 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 uh, thing of Bob again. Hold on. You're talking about this. Yep. The... For a side advantage on dexterity and wisdom ability. That's checks. a wisdom saving throw. Hmm. Survival check is a skill check, not a saving throw. It's an ability check. Survival is an ability check. Dexterity on wisdom, ability checks, and saving throws. Dexterity on wisdom and what? What did you just say? So, all friendly characters have advantage. So, while on the ship... I know what it says on here. What you just said was not what this So, you get a roll again. That... Because that gives us advantage. Your use oh. of words was not what was written on here. You said dexterity on wisdom, saving throws, and ability checks. Yeah. <laughs> words hard. Ship magical item works better, so we win. How about 15 and 19? All right. Hey. Yay for remembering magic items. Uh, well, you could do it more often. <clears throat> anyway. More than you do. I have a multitude of different things. Yes, I have so an I. excuse. You have two characters. I have the rest of the frickin' game. Well, that's your fault. That was your choice. I can, I can play this game too, my friend. I can play this game too. <laughs> uh, us button heads is like these creatures fighting on this frickin' mm-hmm. plane. It's never gonna stop. <laughs> we're, we're, in the, we're in the perfect plane. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, yeah, with the advantage from the figurehead uh, emitting the magic... How long does that last for? No, it's just while we're on the ship. Yep, that's while you're on the ship. The warding angel is a once per day for one hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so anytime we have to make survival checks while we're on the ship now, we have an advantage. So, yeah, you guys are able to maneuver and outrun just barely and skirt the outer edge of where the storm is at. And somehow the astral winds pick up, causing it to shift courses. Mm-hmm. And the gravitational force of the polyhedron you had landed on pulls it back towards them, and you're able to outrun it. So you've had, what is it, one success and one fail on standard survival checks before any encounters? Yep. Okay. So we still need two more successes, standard successes. Don't forget you get advantage. So yeah. everybody survival checks. How does she get advantage? Don't you have advantage too? All friendly characters have everybody advantage. Everybody does. Yeah. Well, you were saying her. I was trying to figure out why you wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I know that. Okay. I'm waiting to hear what she gets. Okay. That's going to be 22 and 18. Okay, we're good then. Uh, 22 for Celine Mercer got a 14. Okay, so that's two successes. Three. Hmm? Oh, you mean holistically. Right, yeah. The okay. only uh, the other survival check was specifically because you needed to outrun the mm-hmm. blade storm. Okay. This is just to navigate through the plane of war to get yep. to the... Um, oh, boy. The dread sprawl. <clears throat> All right, so last one. Uh, Celine got a 19. I'm waiting to hold on Mercer, so let's see what Zabak can... Are we doing another yeah. right now? Okay. 
Yeah, you're solid there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercy Dirty 20 and a 22. 19 okay. for Celine and uh, 14 again for Mercer. Or, sorry, 11 for Mercer. Alright. He's still honked off at Tom. Hmm. <sighs> uh, okay, I need to roll a few things here real quick. That's not the dice I need, that's the dice I need. So your perception check over the course of the next several hours as you guys are navigating through the plane of war. Um, one last thing you notice is way, way off in the distance, this small little sliver of light, like it, right now to Mercer's eyes, it looks like it's as thin as a uh, like a thread uh -huh. or like fishing line or something like that. It bursts open. Something with a shiny metallic bluish glow hovers off of it. Oh boy. <laughs> <Girl! laughs> shiny blue. <laughs> huh? Shiny blue. What? Oh! What are you talking about? Yes, yeah, I know. You don't get it. He's mm -hmm. literally looked at it like four times now. What? Oh, the dragon? Oh, Jesus. Right here in front of God, oh, everybody. No. It's a dragon! <sighs> what? Hey, buddy. So as you're looking off and you see it, you start to see it move. I run back to the back of the ship, grab the telescope. Can I... Zoom. You see what initially looks like a blue dragon, but you've never seen a blue dragon with metallic skin. Bahamut. No. Bahamut. No. Bahamut's um, known as the Platinum. I, uh... I, just I don't know, I thought maybe the space was... I just forgot his quick. name. And as the wings are flapping, you notice the underbody where of the wings that would normally be like a palish sort of yellow are glinting gold. That... Oh my god. I just forgot his name. I remembered a horrible thing I did this week, and I want to tell you guys about it. I'm so sorry. Can I tell you? Not right now. Ah! Ask me about the legs. Ask me about the legs later, okay? What are you trying to remember? Our good buddy, the sapphire dragon that was with us. I've, uh, for the life of me, I've... Locked on? Yeah. That dude. Because he's not with us right now, is he? No, you guys weren't paying attention to Lockdown when he made his wish, and you haven't seen him since you went into the astral plane. I think he went home, man. No, he just evolved. Oh, bro, what? So, I'm like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but that way. Is it back? Esther, why are you naked? Bro, I'm Dragonborn. 
I tell Hyle to go that way. I don't have to wear clothes. Right it's like toward, a bear. Yeah, towards it. Towards the dragon? Yeah. So you guys start sailing towards the dragon. The dragon I, starts to fly I towards I run to the, to the front of the ship. And as soon as, I, as soon as we get, like, close enough to where I even remotely think Hang he on. can hear me. Hang on. Yeah, it's I, I calculated distance here, and I forgot to actually figure out. Okay. I didn't want it to be that close, but okay. Um, as you guys get closer. Excuse me. Locke, is that you? Please be locked on. So it, Why are you naked? It, it flies forward to where its underbody is now aimed towards you, and a big puff of air comes off of its wings, which stops your ship in its Bro. tracks. Mm-hmm. And all you hear in a deep, bellowing voice is, The bargain has been struck. What? Present the summoner. What? Oh, God. What's the summoner? What are you talking about? I mean, she can summon. Uh, she can no, summon. No, 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 I plead the fifth. I can summon. He holds out his hand, and all of a sudden, above his hand, floating like dead weight, you see Tom. Oh. He blips and disappears, and the dragon takes off. What? Oh. <laughs> I knew he was a lazy, worthless, no good for nothing. Bro, what? What is happening? Tom sucks. That's what he is. He sold soul. Oh, Coward. Buddy. <laughs> well, let's go kill him, okay? I henceforth strip Tom of all power and title from the ship. He is off the manifest. And so you- save me. And he's gonna be brought back here dead or alive! Preferably dead. Oh, nice. You, you worked wanna, out. You wanna try to go after, uh... Yeah, Esther's not exactly... You're not sure what you just saw, but yeah. it looked like a dragon. Esther's, Esther's on board with hating on Tom because he... I don't know. Kicked a puppy. <laughs> she saw him kick a puppy. He kicked a puppy, man. I'm not cool with that. I'm a member like of the ASPCA. He is stripped of all titles. He is re- he is ripped from the manifest of the ship. He is no longer a crew member. He is dead to this ship. It is on site. Shank him. Uh, Continue forward, how? Zabak once again. Why are you naked, Esther? <clears throat> so as you get closer... I'm ignoring Esther. <laughs> you start to get closer to the dead sprawl, oh, and you start to see the exterior of the dead star, which is dimly lit by ambient glow of surrounding haze. Oh, boy. Um, you're basically looking at what would usually be the equivalent to, like, a cube, but it is crawling with goblinoid-type creatures. Oh. Some no. working, some fighting, some sitting back with a popcorn and a soda laughing as two guys beat the crap out of each other. Oh my. Uh, For just a moment, you hear the slight hum and flicker of light come from a piece of the epitome's fragment you've brought with you. Epitome. What? Epitome. Epitome. Epitome's fragment you brought with you. A moment later, you see it at long last, the dead star, Epitome. Floating in a dismal expanse of the plane of war. To uh, clarify, the epitome 
is the piece that Lunay tossed to Mercer when he goes, can I have my, put the thing with yeah. the... That's why when Lunay looked at you, said, temporarily. Mercer will have choice words. <laughs> oh Floating in a dismal expanse on the plane of war is an unimpressive sight. Not more than ten miles across, it appears to be little more than a badly cracked and lifeless hunk of stone. There is just one visible structure on its surface, an encampment of metal buildings surrounded by high walls armed with ballistas. Outside the walls, figures drag carts of excavated material toward a factory that seems to descend into the core of the Dead Star itself. Landing the ship in an unoccupied location will be easy. Entering the heart of the Dead Star will be more challenging. What do you choose to do? Uh... Can we, like, take a lap around to see if we see another way in? Um... Well, just looking at this thing, you can already tell your ship's not going to be able to go into the star. There's just not any room for that. Um, but yeah, you can take a lap around it. It's going to take you guys like maybe 20 minutes, because if that, because like I said, 10 miles, which for your ship is not a lot. Yeah. I mean, you could drive a car 10 miles in under an hour. So. Yeah. But you're flying out in space too. Um, well, because it sounded like, because the last little part sounded like we could dock the ship. Yeah, landing the ship will be easy. Trying to get into the center of the star is going to be way more difficult because of everything you have to try to get through. Um, I need to get these guys out. How, can we fly over the center of the, the star? Yeah, let's do that. Fly over the center. Mm -hmm. But make sure we don't get sucked in. Technically, at any point between where your ship is and the star, you could be flying over the center. Mm. Top of the... What would be the equivalent to the top? Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's the... We don't have to go through stuff. You're not going through anything. Well, if we if this is it, your ship... Yes, but if we have to dock it to get to the center, we got to walk through all the goblinoid-type creatures. Mm -hmm. I'm asking the ship goes above it, where we're directly above the... That puts you directly above the fortress that you that was just described to you. Where the crack is at that goes down into the center, yeah. the fortress is built around Yeah, that. can we go over it? To try to get in? Potentially. Um, so the ballistas that I had mentioned... You know for a fact that trying to do that would cause them to all start to turn and try to attack your ship. If I'm, say, let's say 800 feet up in the air above it, I'm out of range of the ballistas. Okay. Okay. At best case scenario, I am this size for my target. But your ship is not. Correct. I don't plan on taking the ship in. Oh, goodness. My bad. That... I don't think you and I are talking about the same things here because I'm very confused. How do you plan to... Yeah, he's just going to drop Try to bit. just drop in? Right down into the crevasses. Okay, what was that again? Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> um, so, no. Um, where the crack is at, you see construction built over sections of that crack to where what was an expansive opening has been built down into a doorway about 20 feet by 20 feet. 
So what oh, you're boy. saying is like, I just have to aim properly. <laughs> At excessively high, high risk of a lot of other things happening. Oh boy. Yeah. You didn't say no. Yeah. I guess. Um, so you know how in the past when there's a very good chance that your characters could die, and I've oh. said I make no promises. Hey, I've, 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 I've not done this adventure yet. <laughs> no, I've resolved my major issue. I'm good if both characters die. <laughs> Bruh. Um. Uh, well, I guess, I, yeah, honestly, I'd be disappointed, but like, I guess we're that just that. gives me the opportunity to create the character I've been dreaming of lately, and believe me, that you do not want that. <laughs> These four characters have gone through book after book, adventure after adventure, and have become the key focus in you Voyage not, of the Fallen okay. Star. You don't want to meet Which Basil. reminds me, I just it's got gonna, clarification. The first uh, Children of the Fallen Star set has officially been shipped to arrive sometime this month. Nice. So about the time we finish this book. Epic. Hopefully, yeah. Um, cool. Um, yeah, so I guess we're kicking down the front door. Let's go! So, well, maybe. So do you want to do it the old-fashioned way, or do you still want to try to do super mission impossible, high probability um, not going to happen? I'm relatively confident Mercer could make that, make that pull, pull that off. Celine, however, cannot. <laughs> well, you know what? I take that back, though. Because even if we don't make it into the hole, we just make it into the keep. Yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Alright. <clears throat> um, yeah, because, I mean, if I just have... If I have Zabak crawl into the bag, I'll just pull Zabak out as soon as we land. In worst case scenario, we... we Make a dash into the doorway. Yeah. Okay, so you've covered for Sabak. You've explained what Mercer's gonna do. Celine gets the belt of levitation. And what does Esther do? She can fly. Yeah. She flies way slower than you're gonna fall. Fall. Yeah, she'll. I'm just gonna. You just drop. fall, and then just like any animal, whoosh, wings come out. You've whoosh. heard. You've heard of the peregrine falcon, am I correct in this assumption? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No different. She's gonna paragraph. I've never this. actually seen that before, but I know it's what you're talking cool. about. It's they just they cool. go into a dive bomb, and right as they're coming up to grab the fish out of the water, they pull out their wings and whoa! See, every time I've seen that, the bird doesn't go into a free fall. It literally dives down, yeah. wings expanded, and flies down, and then flutters like crazy as it reaches into the water to grab it and takes off again. I've not seen it try to actually dive bomb, dive bomb. Yeah, the Peregrine Falcon, that's what the Peregrine Falcon does. It tucks its wings in. Yeah. And just whoosh at 120 miles Ooh. an hour. Every or, time I hear about a falcon, I think back to that episode in Big Bang Theory. You can't just tell a falcon to fly off and soar. Actually, you, you can. can. There's a whole sport built around it. Yeah. It's called falconry. falconry. But yeah. I'm, Shut up. Basically, we just... <laughs> Poosh! And then we make a mad dash. Okay. Alright. I think we, we can do it. Yeah. Screw it. We're going we're gonna to attempt it. Heck yeah. Okay. I, there's a lot that's going to be happening in the process of this, but in the course of one round, you're dropping 500 feet, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, ba- we're we're basically we're going to aim for the doorway. Do you? That's a twenty foot by twenty foot space. Yep. Do you inform Hal on what you're doing? Yeah, I we, we sit there and we go. Okay, so we got to go down here and revitalize this star or or resurrect it. We are going to take a long walk off the plank um, and drop. Be ready to, if you see fire fire bolts in the air exploding, that's the come save us, we, we, we done screwed up. From the sounds of it, you're going to screw up the minute you leave the railing of the ship. Nah. I'm not going to keep this ship within range of these weapons if these guys attack. I'd rather land it somewhere where it can be safe. Well, that's what I said. You just, you dive in. Okay. I, realistically, 500 feet. Mm-hmm. About as close as I'm willing to get you guys without risking any damage to the ship or... Okay. With everything that's happened in this freaking wherever we're at, I'm already on the edge of my seat as it is. Fair. And unlike you... The rest of us don't exactly have the strongest abilities. So, us by ourselves yeah. in this place. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fine. We're fine. It's I good. mean, there's a good chance you come back and you don't have a ship and now you're stuck in the plane no. that we're in. No. We're okay. Just saying. I mean, either way we go, if we park the ship, we're still got the long trek to try to get through this anyways. Yeah. True, but... On the ground, you could be a little bit more prepared than a free fall. Mm, how do you think that? Because there's other stuff on the ground. You can hide. You can be tactful. Here, you're an open target going... Celine looks at him and goes... Yeah, you're safe. She's not, as he points at Esther. What? I mean, I'll be okay. She can't defend herself the way you guys do. She can't wear armor. I mean, no, but it's fine. I have Gunter. Yeah, totally. Didn't you just say don't pull out Gunter? Uh, True, but... Well, yet. In an emergency. If we get into combat, then that's fine, but free-falling is not going to... Gunter is not going to help us. No. And even worst case scenario, I could stick her in the bag too. Yeah, I wouldn't like it, but you know, survival. Have you told me that would be dangerous, though. Yeah. If you stay there too long. Yeah, everything's dangerous if you do it too much. I mean, in less than in less than twelve seconds, I'm going to be on the ground. <laughs> I just I have a bad feeling about this. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is. You fine. see enough war as much as I have. Uh-huh. No offense, but I've been around the seas a little bit more than you guys have. You start to just pick up on things. And when you get that bad feeling as a sailor, you, you know to listen to your gut. Ooh. I got one piece built. <clears throat> Crate. Ooh. I, this, this may work. Hold on, I may need a day to prepare though. Mm. I could make this work even better. What are you thinking? I gotta double check it real quick, hold on. But what are you thinking? 
<laughs> no, I am the DM. I want to know what you're thinking. It won't matter if I can't do it. <laughs> well, I still want to know what it is. Knowing you, it's something preposterous. It is. <laughs> and I can. Sweet. What is it? A lovely spell called invisibility. Oh, no. Okay, even you as a player, I know that there are ways around invisibility. Yes, like true sight and things like that. Chances that these things or, actually have that? Or a good, really, really good perception check. Yeah, but when you're falling at 500 plus feet a second, and they don't see me coming off the ship, ain't gonna matter. <sighs> and it lasts for one hour. So if I have... Everybody get in the back. I can be down on the ground and in two seconds inside the door. And nobody knows it. Uh, he's right. Okay. Trying to see where these... Uh... Ooh, ooh, ooh. I may even hold. Oh, okay, so, so, da, 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 da. brain working, brain working. Um, I need my other book. <laughs> it no sound like brain working. <laughs> oh no no no! This is it, this is totally working. Okay. What is T? Three days. Quarter that. I need a day and a half. A day and a half to do what? Describing two scrolls of invisibility. You guys are still in the plane, which means you'll still need to do survival checks to avoid other calamities as well. Oh dear. That's been a given the whole time since you came into this plane. Okay. That's not me trying to be a jerk. That's just that's how that's been, and that's how we've been doing it. Oh, I need to double check something here. Do, 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 do. I wish they would send like a picture or something to show you how this is supposed to look when it's done. I guess the question is, do we do do we want to try this or not, or should or should we take the safer approach and go in the front door, kicking the door open, because that's what's going to happen, because we ain't stealthy. Let's just kick down the door, man. 
and you already know what to expect. It's primarily all bloodlust and battle, which for Mercer to this point and for Celine and Zabak has never been a major issue. No, no, he's just I'm trying to figure the it's, fastest and easiest way to get through this. Hey, it's the <laughs> smartest thing to do. Not every single time. I'm not trying to like sway you away from it. I'm just I'm playing along at this point. Yeah, I just well the problem is I need two days to do it. Mm-hmm. I just know what you guys have to deal with depending on what decisions you decide to make. And I know up to this point this game has not been easy. Yeah. Yeah, but if they can't see me. This is very, very uh, weird. Weird and interesting. Well, I guess we'll just... Because the problem is we don't have a good place to rest either. Yeah. Except on the ship. Correct, but if we have to dock the ship and go in that way, we ain't resting anyways. So what is that kind supposed to be? Away. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to take the potentially kamikaze approach? Or do we go, do we just walk in the front door and see if they don't try to kill us even though we're on the plane of war? Mm. Maybe we should try to sneak first, huh? Problem is, is Celine can't sneak. She's in full plane. She has disadvantage. All right, let's just go for it. The element of surprise! So, okay. Is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go. So, is it every hour we have to make a check? Um, or is it every day? Because if it's every day, we've already made our check for today. Mm-hmm. And I only need... I only need... Uh, what let's see. Uh... Uh, are, you, are you talking about... I need six hours. Okay. It was sporadic based on dice rolls, except for the last little piece to get to the dread, the dread Sprawl. That one in here specifically said three survival checks. Okay. So I've been rolling randomly to determine. The first part of the adventure when you were just in the astral plane, that was daily because that was the astral plane. But now that you're in the plane of war, it's more devastating because the unexpected literally can happen at any moment. Esther doesn't have invisibility, does she? Heck no. Okay. That's the downside to the plane of war, is it? Uh... Uh... Okay, well, because I need, I need six hours to do it. Oh, crap, man. You could prep for six hours, I guess, maybe. I mean, we probably have that much time, eh? No, that's assuming something chaotic doesn't happen and we mm. get all kabonged. Accurate, accurate. Well, here's what I will say as the DM. Um, you do have a couple options in front of you. One, you could see if time will pass differently in your arcanum. Mm-hmm. Turning six hours into some amount of less time. Yes. Um, simultaneously, you always have the chance that you guys do make the survival checks and nothing bad happens. Yes. It's just a question of, do you want to take those chances? Let's go for it. Okay, so... Mercer's like, I'll be back! 
Right. So you said six hours, correct? And six hours. All right. I need you to roll me a percentile die and tell me what you get. Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Okay, are you doing this in the Arcanum? Yes, I am, absolutely. Esther's right. going to bang on the door after six hours out here. Maybe stick her head in and yell do, 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 do. Okay. It's so six hours past. You do have a chance. You got above a 50, which is what I was looking for, mm-hmm. to see if the Arcanum's time is less than six hours. Yep. All right, so that's a three, which means... Three hours in the Arcanum with six hours in the plane of war. Okay. <clears throat> no. Flip that around. Six hours in the Arcanum will be three hours in the plane of war. Yeah. I had those backwards. Okay. Which means at the top of each hour, I'll need survival checks. So we need three successful survival checks to avoid any sort of calamity. Okay. And if that does not happen, then I will tell you what happens. Okay. Celine gets a 17. Do we still have advantage? Yes. Nice. You're on the ship. 17 makes it. Oh. That's going to be a 10 for Zabak. Even with advantage? That's a fail. There we go. Natural 20 for Esther. Hour number one, you guys are good. Natural 20 for Celine. That's one good one. That's good. Yep. That's going to be 19 for Zabak. Yeah. That's a success. Natural 20 for Esther! So you guys are two hours in, no problem. Uh, that's going to be a 23 for Celine. Nice! Natural 20 for Zabak! Killing it on these survival checks. And... Ooh, it's going to be... 14 for Esther. Right on the money. Bet. Oh, we okay. already had two out of three. So, hey. well... I was going to do something as a little side because you guys took this chance and you came out so well. Yeah. While this is going on, a few of the crew members and Hal are kind of keeping the ship afloat, but they're not literally just staying in one spot. They're just kind of sort of yeah. very, very gentle drift yeah. sort of thing, like just letting the winds kind of move them, but mm-hmm. keeping a course to stay roughly in a certain proximity of the Dreadstar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um few of the members during this whole time are staying towards the sides of the ship to keep the ropes down Mm -hmm. and start to notice like what looks like splatters of from a distance would look like a splash of water keep coming up and as they come back over they come over to an open spot on the ship they start brushing themselves and Esther, Zabak, and Selene see sparkly little flecks coming off of the crew members into a small little like piles on the ground mm-hmm. when they step away it looks like almost like metal powder oh my god is that stardust Starts. you guys are the casters here right yeah uh that's going to be a that's going to be a 19 on an Arcana check for Esther. Okay. Uh, Celine's going to get a 17 for Arcana. That'll do it. And is this at that three-hour marker? Yes. So Mercer walks up. He's going to make his check. Uh, and that's going to be a 22 for Mercer. 
So as it all gets kind of brought together in a little pile and you're able to pick it up, sift it to get any unnecessary crap out of it to where you just have the metal dust, it seems to give off a bit of a purplish glow about it. Um, You have... Who rolled the highest? Mercer. What did he get? 22. 22. He recognizes this as a single use of reincarnation dust. Oh, what? He quickly bottles it. Bro, what? Which works out perfectly because small pouch or vial. Yep. He's like, this is this is reincarnation dust. Bro. Just what we need. Heck yeah. Technically, you guys are able to use that now, too. Oh my god, we could resurrect Huthorn! No. No. How are we going to oh. use it now for the... Just... Who do you have in your party that's not technically a living creature? Oh, right. It's back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Where's yeah. <laughs> it back? She's like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. Oh. I don't mind being forgotten. Well, I mean, in, in all likelihood... I mean, I'm not really dead. Just not super alive. No, okay, so the explanation it reads in here is... When this small pouch of purple dust is sprinkled on a dead humanoid or a piece of dead humanoid, the dust is absorbed by the remains. If willing, the dead creature returns to life with a new body as if the reincarnation, the reincarnate spell had been cast on the remains. Well. So basically you have a one-time use instantly brought back from the dead ticket. Does a... So it's a reincarnation. Reincarnation dust. Okay, so that's a 17 on my arcana to know that if we use it on Zabak... Zabak, there's a good chance Zabak's not coming back as a turtle. What? Reincarnate is the way the spell works is you roll a d100 and whatever you get is what you come back as. Oh, so possibly a different race. So she, she, Tortle isn't even on the list. So she's coming back as a dragonborn, dwarf, elf, gnome, half elf, half orc, halfling, human, or tiefling. Or tiefling, however you want to pronounce it. Could it potentially change my class? No. No, just give me your race. Damn. I mean, if... The problem is, is we... we, we yeah, have, what, what's... Okay, you are looking at the same Yeah, spot, I'm looking it? at reincarnation. <laughs> I mean, we got we we have to so, revitalize the dying star or resurrect it, depending on what state it's in. Oh, yes. we have to resurrect the star. You can't. We can't use the sons of that. That's why I'm like, eh. well, uh, okay. So I can reincarnate game, the star. Out of yeah. game, I will tell you right now. That's not how you have to bring back the star. Oh. Wait. This is a totally me thing. Wait, this was Esther got a book. 19 on her Arcana check. She would probably know not only is this Stardust, but it's not going to be powerful enough to revive a whole freaking star. It works like the spell. It's not. Except you guys don't know that much about. Uh, well, this is a humanoid. So, yeah, you're right. It may not work. So, Zabak, if you're willing. <clears throat> now, here's the upside, though. 
The reincarnated creature recalls its former life and experiences, which means any memories that were lost when she turned into a reborn come back. So, I mean, if you really want to, we can do this. But you're... There's... Here, here's the part that throws me off, though. It retains the capabilities it had in its original form, except it exchanges its original race for the new one and changes... Oh, okay, so racial traits. Yeah, racial, yeah racial traits change. So what if... So, you can come back as something that doesn't get a strength bonus or a con bonus. And it specifies specific types of dwarf, elf... There's gnome, really only one, two, three... Th four. There's only four that are, would be best case for you. Could, could, could I just persuade you to maybe let me be warforged? How in the world? Does it give you like specific numbers for the D one hundred? Okay, because it doesn't give it the, give me that. One to four dragonborn, five to thirteen. Okay, okay, okay. I, I don't need them all. No, I'm just saying. I was just reading off a couple, but yeah, no it. So, so in game, would they know that it's going to change the bag's race? Yes, that's why it? I was just asking. Oh. Because because uh, Mercer rolled a high enough arcana. This is a fifth level spell. So at a DC 15 for my knowledge on magic, I would have... He would also... Well, are you able to do arcana checks on spells that aren't on an artificer spell list? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because okay. it's a druid spell. That's why I'm asking. Strictly a druid well, spell. Well, I mean, it, it, I guess that's going to come down to you because that's kind of the whole purpose of the arcana is to know things about magic. It doesn't require your class. It's just... Have I heard in my head, do I know of some magic that does this? Okay, see, I thought it specifically said you recognize spells from your spellcaster list, but I guess that would make sense too, just to recognize. That's why I'm doing the arcana check, because I'm right. like, hmm, wait. Reincarnate. He would know about the spell, yeah. he would also know he can't cast that exactly. spell. Not without deciding to go druid for the rest of his life. And he's not doing that. <laughs> so. If you want, we can do this. Is there any way I could get you to just let me be a Warforged? I mean, there's a bunch of space debris floating around around us anyway. It's possible... Does it, it say something up to 100 is the tiefling? Exactly, all the way up. Tiefling is 0, uh, zero. If you want, you could see that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 yeah. So I would say you can give her a roll if, you, if you're feeling super generous. Roll a d20. Anything between 1 and 14 changes from that, whatever it is, to a Warforged. Oh, whatever number I get, but if I get a 15 or above, it's just whatever it is. Exactly. The list stays the same. So it still gives yeah. you the chance of randomness to say, sure, I concede to your request, but there's the counterpoint to it may not happen. I can now, on the flip side, though, if, let's say, for instance, he rolls what would be like a 9, which is like a half orc, which would be one of your better choices for your thing... You don't get that. You could end up as a forest man, which would be awful. We'll see. 
Which, I mean, okay, so at that point, if you decide, if you end up turning into a race, that would be terrible to be playing as a barbarian. There's other alternatives you could take to... Just pick the one be- above or below. No, I'm saying if you become a race that's bad for a barbarian, there's other things you could do to try to help yourself out. Yeah. And still being a barbarian. Obviously, doing something like what Celine's done and take half or full plate armor would definitely be one of them. I mean, I'm just, I'm just tossing that out. Well, the problem is, as a barbarian, she can't wear armor. A barbarian cannot wear armor. They, well, they can, but they lose their, they lose some of their benefits from it. Oh yeah, because you get the dexterity modifier and the con modifier yeah. to your AC. So, I mean, this, this, this is on you. This is your choice. You, you have a. A, a one in twenty chance to get what you want and not be dead. All right, let's go. Okay, you want to do it? She, because she's come to terms with the fact that in this form, she can never really be with her partner again. Okay, all right. So, so I'm gonna roll it. I'm gonna. I like his idea this. to keep it random. So, moment of truth. Are you ready? I'm gonna mm-hmm. put my glasses on so I can actually see this. And then I would let her roll the d100. Yeah, oh yeah, I was absolutely going to do that anyway. So what do we get? Shoot, shoot, shoot. What race are we losing? Uh, What do we get? That is an 18. You do not get to lose a race. So So you get the standard list. Warforges. Roll your D100. I don't have one. It's your two D10s. Oh. So this. One of them has double digits, one of them has single digits. So whatever you get is what you are. What number is Warforged? There is none. That's, that's what the roll was for. Okay. I okay. had to roll below a 14 for that to be an option. It played in your favor, but the dice... Please don't screw me! I don't know what that is. 19. You are a mountain dwarf, which is good. Hey! Very, very good. Downside Wait. is, dwarves have that Scottish accent you really freaking hate. So guess who gets her accent back? No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You don't have to be. <laughs> you 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 could be you could have been the one that as a kid you got punched in the throat and it knocked your accent right out. I was adopted. <laughs> knocked the accent out. Knocked it right on out. Knocked the accent you, right out of her mouth. Well, your racial modifiers are the plus two to strength, plus oh. two to con. So I don't think that changed. Probably not. Um, um, except um, I need a new character sheet. Uh, Why is that? Because I that's so much. I don't know. It's not a lot of changes. All right, all right, all right. I mean, it's just the racial features will change. Oh, man. Um, you shrink by, like, oh, no. two-thirds your size. Oh, no! So you're... Do I even have a dwarf? Goodbye, So are you a female dwarf? Because it just reincarnates you. I mean, it, it, it oh, doesn't no. specifically state if you, you're male or female. Oh, no. I guess we got to flip a coin. Because the so back's going to change their name if, you know. I was look, That was the other thing I was looking at, was dwarven names. Okay, um, anybody got a quarter? Well, just roll <laughs> dice. Evens or evens, evens, yes, or evens male, odds female. Or right versa. You could say, you could say odds is male. Let the record show I'm What are you rolling. calling it as? Heads I win, tails I lose. Okay, what's the <laughs> Come on. Is is it going to be evens male or evens female? Evens female. Okay. Evens are female. All right, odds and are let the male. record show I am rolling a d8. Evens is female. Odds. Ah! 
she's a male? Yep. <laughs> so you know what that means. <laughs> we need a D12 and a D4. <laughs> For length and girth. <laughs> Roll those oh, lovely... Oh, if this you is don't, backfired. I'm gonna do it for you. This, I was trying to go. I was trying. Oh, I just, I need basil in my life, and I'm not gonna tell you anymore. Well, I mean, <laughs> I could just kick it back off the ship. Probably no. <laughs> no! No! Okay, okay, roll your numbers. Okay, uh, uh, what? D, no, what? A D12 okay. and a D4. Okay, what's this the is, D4? To our listeners, this is just for fun and jest. D, so D4 is your girth. Okay. I'll write it down. D12 is the length? Yep. So you could be a small baby arm <laughs> or a bean sprout. <laughs> or a toad. Oh, God. I, I think I found a name that would work perfect for you, too. So you're, you're, oh, you're, no! ab- you're averaging girth. Okay. Please be long. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! 12 inches yes! long. Yes! Girth. <laughs> so, yes! Yes! <laughs> you are turning beat freaking red. So yeah, I, snaking your pants over there? <laughs> yeah, um, here's the thing. You know, the back's a turtle, right? Who's not wearing any clothes. So all of a sudden, just boom! Everybody's just like, oh. That's just like, holy shit! Uh, just oh my her. god! Celine just quickly averts her eyes. She averts her eyes, and uh, Mercer's like, "What? No? What? All what? of a sudden? Oh god, my voice! My voice!" Yells ah. Polo, get an extra pair of clothes up here! Oh god, what have you done to me? Hey, you you asked for this. I'm just just saying, you know, it was your decision to do this. Oh no! So a few, no. few seconds later, you hear footsteps coming up the stairs and Bolo going, Why am I bringing up a second pair? What the fuck? Is that uh, a deal? Here, here, lad, put that on. Face. Hurry up, hurry up. Ah. He just hands you a pair of <sighs> pants and a shirt. I, uh, all right. Mer- Mercer jumps and goes, Keep that in your pants. I don't know how. What in the world am I missing here? Oh, Where's the back? That was the back. We reincarnated so her, him, them. We we somehow lucked into reincarnation dust, and the back was technically dead. So. So you turned her into a. We gave her the option. It says, "Look, we can bring you, dude. We can bring you back, but there's a chance we don't know exactly what's gonna happen." Thank God, my partner was into some weird stuff. And Zabak uh, <laughs> said, "Zabak said, do it." And so, and lo and behold, baby Anaconda. God. So do we just call you Zach now? I don't know. I don't know. I need time to think. I got the perfect name for you. No! Hi, Bob! <laughs> Bob 1, Bob 2, and Bob 3. I prefer Robert. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, no, I do have a name. <sighs> yeah. uh, oh, Roger. There you go. 
I mean, you've got names like Adric, Kildrak, Derek. I'm not Rurik, doing any of those. I'm so sorry. Trabok, Trauban, Fargrim, Orsric, Orsker, Rangrim, Thoradin, Tordek. That was actually the name of a character from 3 5. I mean, we could always just call you Dick. <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> Ricky! My name is Ricky! <laughs> well. You're welcome. I'm kind of thinking about it though. Ricky! Ricky! I kind of like I kind of like it. Oh, I need to go take a nap. Well, let's be honest. You let's go that it. route. Mercy's calling you dick. You know? <laughs> And knowing James, it's the perfect way for him to say stuff that he wants to say without actually exactly. sounding bad. And he'd be like, hey, you're a dick. Because you are. And you can't change it from dick to William, because then it's just like, oh, hey, Willie. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to call you Tugboat Willie. Oh my god. Oh, god. No. Oh, I can't breathe. The, the, <coughs> the party member formerly oh. known as the back will return once they have had time to reflect. Well, I mean, or, or we could just call you Big Johnson. <laughs> Big Jim. Big Billy Bob. <laughs> no, no. War has changed. Call me Snake. AKA the <laughs> Anaconda. <laughs> Anaconda, don't! Nah, call me Nikki. <laughs> okay, now that I've completely side rails for the last 15 minutes. Oh, David Boa. Oh my Boa. gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. David Boa! <laughs> you who was formerly known as the back. In the bag. Oh, okay. Well, now, well okay. How so, do I put these pants on? I've never worn pants. Help me. Put one leg into the one hole, put the other leg into the other hole, pull them up and make sure the pull strings in the front. Okay. And then tie it so they stay put. No shit. Preferably I in never a would guess. so you can untie it again. No. You asked, I answered. Turtles have bodily functions too. You asked, I answered. Fair. Um, we're gonna need a female dwarven character. <laughs> I don't have no, any in a male. Mind. Oh, a male dwarven. Yeah, Zabak has, I guess, transitioned. <laughs> cool. I, I I mean, yeah, we can. I just, I hate those things. I know. What? Oh, I mean, the I can, flat I, cardboard I, I, ones. The, 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 yeah. the ridiculous BS version. Yeah. The sorry excuse for a miniature. <clears throat> Hold on, I got one. I mean, I have something that looks kind of like a dwarf, but it's at home, and it works perfectly because he's standing there holding what would be a great sword. That's, for the record, uh, your dwarven character still has the jawbone, except it now is like my a foot. size. No, it's like a foot, not even a foot. More like uh, I'd say about half a foot taller than. He is, but he can still sit there, hold it, and just have this giant jawbone sword. That. 
You know, to actually be accurate, it should be a D4 and a D6. Just saying. Nope. Per tradition, it's always a D12 and a D4. <sighs> wow. I know you have dwarves. I've seen you. Well, no, I mean, but an actual figure. Oh. I have some figures. I just don't know if I have any dwarves. So I figure while I'm looking, I will look. Oh, you sent the stats for a mountain dwarf. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering what the heck that was. Okay. Nope. No dwarves. <clears throat> Well, carry on while I investigate. Well, it's kind of on Mercer at this point because he's the one jumping off the ship with everybody in the bag. Well, yeah, but I can still do that while we, while I search. Because basically what happens is they have to hold their breath. They can easily hold their breath for a few, by rules, they can hold their breath for a few minutes with their con modifier, so it's not a big deal. Right. So... I have everyone get into the bag. I even have Esther get in the bag. Okay. Actually, what I do is I, I, I actually, I take, I take all of Celine's stuff that's in her bag. I put it in Mercer's bag for the moment. So I have an empty bag. Empty <laughs> sack. Okay. I have everyone get into the bag. Okay. And then he uses his scroll of invisibility. Alright. And he steps off the ship. Oh no. And so he aims himself, he waits for uh, Hal to, you know, kind of get the ship in place, and then that's when he does that. And just before he smacks the ground, he starts flying. So he's still invisible. Wait, hold on. I, I gotta check something real quick. The scroll functions like the invisible spell, right? Yep. Concentration up to one hour, but because it was a spell, it automatically lasts for the hour. I get that. And I'm doing natural flying, so it doesn't actually interfere with... Is it Which, which type of invisibility is it? Regular invisibility. Until I make... Until I make a... I interact with like a... a an object. It says the spell ends for a target that attacks or casts a spell. Yep, which I have not done. Correct. So I'm invisible all the way down to the ground. So. I, I love the components, an eyelash encased in gum Arabic. Who in the heck came up with that? Crazy people. <clears throat> so basically I get down to the ground now, I could be a real jerk here and say, technically, the other characters aren't invisible, but because they're inside an object that you're carrying... carrying they're invisible. Yeah, because the object becomes Because invisible. anything I'm carrying or wearing is invisible with me. Which is why I had everybody get <coughs> to the back. All right, so... So, I... How close to the door do I get? Do you want me to make a check of some type to see how well I aimed? Um, nope, I've got a series of rolls I'm going to do here. 
let's see here. I want these two. This crap is getting real, for lack of a better term. Do 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 do. So for the first 200 feet or so, you're trying to figure out, because of how far away, it, you could literally be like 50 feet in any direction and still look like you're going to be dead set on. Yeah. So your, your targeting is not that great. But then you get into the next 100 feet and you start to get on point. And you stay on point, 400 feet. Because here's the thing. And at the last 500 feet... Well, here, hold on. Just at the last 100 feet. Just what? so you're aware. Because I can fly at any point. Right. So, like, I can get myself... Like, I can correct myself relatively easily. And as I get closer to the ground, I should be able to pinpoint myself. Right. It's not just a matter of how close to the door you get. It's also timing. Because at any given point, you know, stardust could kick up again. Um... A crane could move. Somebody could be sending something else somewhere. It could be as simple as a piece of stardust gets in your eyes as you're falling down, and you wouldn't see it until it went right into your eyeball. I have goggles on. I've had them on since the beginning. I'm trying to justify stuff here. Get me work. I'm trying to. I'm justifying why dust can't get in my eye. <laughs> There's got to be a little sliver of a chance that something goes sideways. Otherwise, in my mind, it's just considered an overpowered situation. Alright, so the last hundred feet, and you can choose whether or not you decide to fly at this point. You start to feel like maybe something's off. And you start to lose your your center point. Yeah, I'll I'll fly for a second to correct my trajectory. All right, and you get down there, and just as you get down to the door, you're about I'd say at least fifty feet away from the door. Because at that point, it's not a matter of do we fall into the door. It's a question of how close can you get to the door without any risk and you know at least 50 feet away you'd be safe to land and try to get to the door on the ground rather than try to land right in front of it mm -hmm. just as you land you're focused on the door you hear somebody yell something and a wrench comes flying past your face like and you see it caught by somebody else as they go walking away and you're like that was close so at this point it's uh stealth checks if Mercer's going to try to get to the door. Yeah. And I said 50 feet away, what's his speed? Uh, it's 25. So we would need two stealth checks. At what point do everybody else start to suffocate? Uh, oh, what's their, well, what's your con modifiers? Because you can do you can hold that in minutes. Con for... Well, if that's in minutes. That was one round, dropping 500 feet. Yeah, so like Celine and Zabak are perfectly fine, because you're, you're literally talking six seconds. <gasps> Esther and formerly Zabak are also okay, because they both have a three. So I, I got easily three minutes. 30 solid seconds, you know, even realistically, before they even have an issue, where they start going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Right. So, anyways. So, um, <laughs> stealth check at advantage for Mercer. Versus, where's my book at? Uh, I'm going to do my... Can I, can I do that before it's... Genius? Yep. Now, is that considered an action that would interrupt the invisibility? Nope. So I'm not casting a spell. Uh, That's going to make it a 23. Oh, yeah. So, oh, that was just them. And they're at disadvantage to see me. So it's not advantage for you? Advantage for me, disadvantage for them. Both? I thought yeah. it was either one or the other. No. I mean, disadvantage isn't going to make a difference right now anyway. Uh, Pretty sure it's disadvantage. Oh, I already had it up. Invisible creature is impossible to see without the age of magic or special senses. For the purpose of hiding, the creature is heavily obscured. The creature's location can be detected by any noise uh, it makes. Um, oh, good gosh. Actually, you know what? I'm flying. Yeah, but flying, you can only fly 10 feet around. Correct. So it's going to take me a few extra rounds, but I'm not touching the ground. I'm making no noise. I am silent. Plus, I have... Boots of the Elven kind. Okay. Um, so, that, so literally, just like in that case, I'm gonna give this to. I just read this and I just realized, ah, crap. Mercer would actually do this. Uh, he can give me a uh, perception check while he's trying to focus on getting to the door. That's a natural twenty. He starts to realize that uh, the goblins around here. Mm-hmm. are using mechanized constructs that are considered walking vehicles <laughs> that are used to mine the dead star. They're they, mech suits. They look like large barrels with arms and legs. Very crude looking, and they seem to run on some sort of fuel. But you can see a creature about the size of a goblin, so a.k.a. the size of Mercer, can fit inside one of these things. Well... He knows his secondary plan while he's here. <laughs> he's at the door. Yes, at the door. All right, so you land in front of the doors. Uh, the outer walls, that's not it. Large industrial doors lead into the facility's front entrance. Um, so at this point, it's a question of how do you get inside without alerting anybody? Because anybody that's there is going to notice the doors opening and closing. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick look around. Um, do, like, with the people coming and going, 
Does it look like there's a point where, like, there's a, a, a law just for a second? Like, a, you know, nobody's looking this direction? Um... Because, like, how's the door set up? Is it, like, in the on the ground? Is no, it... it's it's just like any of the doors in, in here are. It's just two large doors, so it's 20 feet wide. Is that what that said? 20 feet? Front entrance is a set of 20-foot wide double doors. Yeah. 20-foot wide double doors. Okay. But they're upright, just like as if you'd walk through any other door naturally. Hi there. Okay. Oh, you got a kitty? Just kind of sitting right here waiting for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I take a quick glance around and I'm looking to see, like, with with the way people are traveling, because there there are, there are moments where nobody's looking in this direction. I'll tell you what. Give me a perception check to see if you can isolate an exact moment when it would be perfect to just kind of. Eighteen. Eighteen. All right. If you want to try to stealth through the doors, you can stealth through with advantage. Okay. Flash of genius, that's going to take me to a 22. Two. Yeah, you make it in. And you're able to do it just quietly enough to where it doesn't even squeal or squeak or anything. Just cool. Ah, table's moving. All right. And you come into right here. Do you want me to tell you what you see or do you want to tell me what you're going to do first? Uh, first, I'm looking. I'm, do I see okay. people? Large barrels are haphazardly piled up here, all brimming full of darkly colored ooze that sparkles with strange light. Tracks of dirt and slime mark the frequent passage of goblins. A large mechanical construct easily lifts a large vat of slime. Its movements jerky and stuttery. Two ten-foot-wide steel doors open into the facility. The wooden vats of ooze are Oh, that's as much as I was supposed to read. Excuse me. Okay. So first and foremost, is there anyone actually in here? Uh, yes. And Smart Kent would have read ahead and put those out before we got this one. Stupid Kent, on the other hand, was not paying any attention. Second question for you while you're doing this. Okay. Mercer sniffs the air. Oh no. Is that oil I smell? Oh no. Um. No. Is it kerosene? No. Honestly, I can't really describe the smell because I personally have not ever smelled what it tells me the smell is. Okay. All I can tell you is that it is slime. What you do know is that one of these things in here working Does it have a pilot? It has to have a pilot to operate, so you know somebody is in that machine. Okay. But I can see the doors that are open? Uh, yeah, right here, where this green icon is. Okay. Um, I'm going to fly five feet off the ground, and I'm going to move towards the doors that are open. Okay, 510, two rounds, so I'm at four rounds. Okay. 
Wow, that's okay. Um, so you're just going to fly into the next room? I'm going to fly up to the doors real quick without touching them and kind of peer through. Do I see anybody? So 5, 10, 15, Are 20. Are we not following you? Or to you're in the back still. To get into the next room. So you three rounds into here. Yeah, so, right? yeah, so I'm four rounds in. Actually, I'm five rounds in. Because one down. Two to get through the door. Yep. And, and then, then three to get across yep, the room. I'm just I'm keeping track of time mentally in my head so that way I know my friends aren't suffocating. Um, I do a quick I do a quick look. Do I You find the source of the dread sprawls pervasive din, a large factory area, an overhead mechanical crane moves objects back and forth. Goblins stand atop the scaffolds as they mount exterior plating onto a pair of battle constructs. Oh, one of them does. clangs against the hulk with tools. Another one reaches into a bucket and grabs a slug, which it then inserts into the back panel of one of the constructs. The barrel that it's reaching into with the slugs looks exactly like the barrels in the room you're currently standing in. So once again... Wait, am I a dwarf or an elf? You're a dwarf. Oh. So once again... Where in the heck am I supposed to set this up at? Basically, I'm trying to find a room that's unoccupied with nobody in it so I can get you all out. Um, yeah, very slim chance of that happening. Well, yeah, but I can always try. So there's that. I'm going to set this guy here. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at the LARP channel. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.